right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise God. We're going to have a fantastic time together getting into God's word and encouraging each other. So let's go ahead and, hey, I always say it, it just breaks my little heart, but let's clear out the coffee bar and fill up the sanctuary, okay? Amen. Yeah. All right. So let's stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we are going to keep believing that this nation is coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. All right, you may be seated. Okay, well, we are going to get into some announcements here. Uh, so first of all, uh, just uh, let you know that Pastor and Mrs. P, Mom and Dad, they are in Orlando, Florida at the moment with uh, my older sister. Uh, my niece is graduating high school, so they are over there. And then they're flying up to Indiana for another graduation for my nephew. So anyway, you may be a while before you see them, but they're well. They're good. Okay, don't worry. Uh, praise God. Hey, who was at the picnic in the park the other night? Yeah, wasn't that awesome? Praise God. That was a huge success. You know, the rain came, uh, the rains came down, and the floods came up. Well, the floods didn't really, but uh, we were like, hey, is this still going to happen? But it was an awesome time, great turnout, and we got to fellowship and be together. So thank you, everybody, for being there for that. Alex got some great drone footage. I'm going to play. What's going to happen this Sunday? Correct. You're going to come to church. That's a good answer. Any other? Someone said it. Ray Bench is going to be here. Oh, it was on the screen. How did you not know that? Okay. So, uh, yes, Ray and Janine Bench are flying in from Midland, Michigan. And uh, we are going to have a phenomenal time with them. If you don't know Ray, man, he has been just a great friend to this church for 15 years. And Janine is incredible. She's just recently started coming out with him. And so they're going to be here Sunday morning and Sunday night. Now, a lot of times on Memorial Day weekend, uh, we don't have Sunday PM service, but not this year. It's 2023 and we're going to do it. All right. So Ray Ben. It's going to be absolutely a good time. Okay, a few other reminders here. First of all, the New Lift Group, Health His Way, is meeting every Saturday at 7 a.m. Uh, right here over uh, by Victory Hall. And they're doing a, a brief Bible discussion and devotional. And then they're doing about a 20 to 30 minute walk. And it's just, you know, whatever pace you're comfortable with is uh, is what they're aiming for. But it's a great way to uh, to be together and, and work on your health God's way and have a good support group uh, to help you stay accountable with your goals. So... 
Uh, come on out to that if you're interested. And then I'm also going to remind you of the Lift Tuesday night Bible study on Zoom. Uh, that's every second and fourth Tuesday at 630. Uh, they just had it the other night and I, I just got a report that it was a great, uh, great group on that night. So there are plenty of ways to get more connected and dig deeper into the Word of God. Who's interested in growing spiritually? Amen. You're at the right place, brother and sister. Yeah, so uh, we're giving you all these opportunities. Make sure you take advantage of them uh, to grow spiritually and get more connected. And then last but not least, we have the men's meeting coming up on Saturday, June 3rd, 9 a.m. And I heard there's going to be a special guest speaker. Yeah, and he's in this room right now. And his name is Cletus Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! Wow, yeah. All right, so uh, ladies, I'm sorry. You're going to miss out, but men, you better be there because Cletus Brown, he doesn't play around with the Word of God. He brings the he brings the heat is what he does, amen? And so you want to be there. And, of course, Breakfast Bibles Bros, don't miss out. It is going to be great, all right? Well, I think that is all the announcements for right now. So who knows what time it is now? Correct, Leah, you are correct. It's happy time. All right, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers are going to get one over to you there. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Why don't we open up our Bibles tonight to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Amen. And we're going to look here at verse 4, Psalm 37. And verse 4, let's do this in, yeah, we'll just do, what do we got here, the NLT? All right, praise God. Amen. Psalm 37 and verse 4, I love this. It says, take delight in the Lord. And what happens when you do that? He will give you your heart's desires. And when the King James puts it this way, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. And so people would say, well, what does that even mean? How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Well, there's probably a lot of things that you could say uh, mean that you're delighting yourself in the Lord, but certainly one of those things would be, obeying God's word. And so when the word of God tells us to tithe, when the word of God tells us to to give of offerings, and even it talks about giving charitably, uh, giving of alms, when we do those things, we're obeying the word of God. And that is definitely one step of delighting ourselves in the Lord. Now what happens? It says, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so I encourage you tonight, man, that when we obey God, God's word, when we give, when we tithe, listen, we don't just do it so we can get something out of it. Or or we do it because we love God and want to obey him. But it's undeniable that when we obey God's word in this area, it is given back unto us, right? If you're given an offering or if you're bringing your tithe, the devourer is rebuked for your sake. So there is always blessing in obedience. Amen. Has anybody else seen that in here? When I obey, amen, God blesses me for it. So let's go ahead and stand up together. And we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship tonight. And we are going to get into the word of God. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, 
promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, let's worship the Lord tonight on the Hour of Power. Once you're done worshiping with your tithes and offerings, join us up here, guys. Come on. Let's praise the Lord. Step out of the shadows Step out of the grave Break into the wild And don't be afraid Run into wide open spaces Grace is waiting for you Dance like the weight has been lifted Grace is Waiting where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here, let there be
Jesus, we love you. 
adore you are the one that we love the most you are the one that we live our lives for because you gave your life up for us lord so we could have true life we could have eternal life lord and we thank you jesus for all that you are lord and we just want to live our lives the best that we can to bring honor and glory to you because we know that as a christian as somebody that has identified ourselves as being in the family of god lord we lay down all of all of our rights all of our wants lord and we say have your way in our lives jesus our lives are a sacrifice and a gift to you lord we love you and we praise your holy name tonight 
Have your way in this service. Speak to us, Lord. Give us the truth. We don't want lies. We don't, we don't want something else. We want the truth from your word. And we thank you that we'll receive it tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. All right. You may be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Well, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night? Amen. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing else better going on in Barstow tonight than this. Getting together with Christians, reading the Bible, worshiping Jesus together. Come on, man. That's the best thing going. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word of God this evening. And I know that the Wednesday night people, they're serious about hearing the word of God, man. They, they aren't playing around. They want some word uh, because uh, we I get it. We've all had a long day, had a long week. And you come in here and you're ready to receive. And so that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. Praise God. Hey, let's go ahead and get into this. The title tonight is this. It's called Things You Can Learn from a Man Named Blind Bart. Anybody heard of Blind Bart? No? Okay. Well, let me, okay, you've had to refer to this guy. Yeah. Blind Bartimaeus is, is really what, the, uh, the full name there. Uh, but this is a guy, one of the most overlooked dudes in the Bible. There's so much that you can get out of this man's life. And really, we've only got one story about him. And, and so there's lots of people in the Bible that we've got tons and tons of stories, entire books about, and they're phenomenal and fantastic. But if we could just get a little bit from Blind Bart tonight, I believe that it could really do something in your life. And so the story of this incredible man is found in Mark chapter 10. Let's go there tonight. Mark 10. Amen. Who's excited for the Bible? Amen. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look over here at uh, starting at verse 46. Mark 10, starting at verse 46. So this guy, blind Bartimaeus, uh, what, what a name, man. How would you like to be, you know, tagged for the entire rest of human history by, you know, what your handicap was? I mean, it's not fair, but, you know, it's what everyone calls him. And so uh, his name was Bartimaeus. His father was named Timaeus. And so Bar really means son of. So this is uh, the son of Timaeus. And here's this man that he has been born blind and he hears about a man named Jesus Christ that heals the sick and, and does all these miracles. And Jesus is coming through town one day. And when you know it, he says, I have got to get there. And so Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start here at uh, verse 46 and uh, through verse 52. And it says this, then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. This happened everywhere. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. He's like, oh, shucks, I guess I better just be done. No, what did he do? This only determined, he said, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. 
My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the blind man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Amen. What a story right there. Wouldn't you like to see something like that? Yeah. I mean, if you need a miracle in your life, wouldn't you like to receive a miracle on this type of a level? Well, listen, you can because we know that Jesus didn't change, right? He doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the same Jesus that was healing blind people back then is the same Jesus that's still alive right now. And way too many people, even Christians, in 2023, they refer to Jesus in the past tense. You realize that he's still alive, right? Yeah, he died for a minute, you know, a couple days there, three days, but he, he, he came back. He's not dead anymore. And so people, even well-meaning Christians, even in our day and age, they sometimes I hear people referring to Jesus as a past tense historical figure, but he's not in the past. Jesus is in the present right now. And if you're born again, he is definitely in your future because you're going to heaven someday and you're going to see him there too. But Jesus is alive and as well, and he's still doing what he has always done. Healing the blind, amen, uh, bringing life to those that need life, bringing restoration to broken situations. So Jesus didn't change. And if you need a miracle, if you need a breakthrough, I'm going to show you some things that blind Bartimaeus did that you can do in 2023, amen, and still see Jesus work something in your life, amen. Who could use a little something changing in your life right now, amen. You could use a miracle. Well, we're going to look at some of the things that blind Bartimaeus did that you could do too. And of course, I didn't put this on there, but the biggest number one thing is trusting Jesus, amen. Trusting Jesus, and not just saying you trust Jesus, but actually trusting Jesus, because every Christian that I talk to, of course, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, duh, I'm trusting Jesus, but here's what's really happening right now. It's a hurricane. It's a disaster, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, okay, but listen, I have a hard time believing that you're fully trusting Jesus when you talk way more about the problem than about Jesus himself, right? I mean, some people, they just magnify the problem and, oh, it's a big one. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. And, yeah, Jesus. Oh, the problem. Oh, the problem. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, the problem. It's big. I mean, seriously, you should be way more focused on Jesus than on the problem. And when you are, you'll talk a lot more about Jesus than you will your problems. In fact, Jesus said that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so whatever comes out of your mouth is what's actually on your heart. I didn't make that up. I didn't, I'm not that smart. Jesus said that. And so it's easy, easy to identify what is on somebody's heart because they'll talk about it. 
no doubt about it. If you're in love with someone, you talk about them. If you just found a brand new restaurant that you think is the best ever, oh, you'll talk about it. Amen. You'll post about it. You'll take pictures with it. And, and if you are just all about Jesus in love with Jesus and his word, come on, you'll be telling everybody about Jesus. You'll be posting about Jesus. You'll be taking pictures with Jesus. Amen. And how, well, how do you take a picture with Jesus? You take a picture with your Bible. Amen. John 1, 1 says that Jesus is the word. So be on the lookout for some Pastor Dave Bible selfies coming your way. Amen. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'm not much of a selfie taker, but if I did, it would be with Jesus. Amen. All right. So we're going to look, I think, at four things um, that uh, that we can learn from blind Bart Emmaus. All right. Number one, he took action. He actually did something about his situation. So number one, he took action. And with each of these points, I'll refer back to the story. Um, but uh, I've got some other verses to go with it. So he took action and you can see this in verse 47. All right. Verse 47. Look, it says when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, but he, he was doing something. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so what do we have right here? We have this man heard the word of Jesus. He heard, hey, there's this man, all right? There's this man from Nazareth, and he is healing the blind. He is raising the dead. He's casting out devils. He's bringing joy and peace to those that receive him. And, and he had heard about Jesus. Just like you guys, you're hearing about Jesus tonight. We're reading the Bible. You're hearing about Jesus. And fact of the matter is this, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but people hear about Jesus every week, even in this church and every church across the world. There's a lot of hearers, but that's not where the blessing comes in. You don't get blessed until you do what the Bible told you to do. And so people be like, man, I've been sitting in church 50 years. I've heard every story in there. And yet they're walking in defeat and agony and no, no victory at all. And they've heard every verse in the Bible 10 times more than we have. Why? Because the blessing doesn't come from just hearing the Bible. The blessing comes from hearing the Bible and then doing the Bible. And that's what Bartimaeus did right here. He heard about Jesus. Well, big whoop. So did a lot of people. But they didn't shout out and chase Jesus down and call upon his name. Bartimaeus heard and he actually did something about it. He took action. And so no doubt there were probably a lot of other people in desperate need that day. All right. But he was the one that got the miracle because he was the one that actually did something about it. And so, you know, some of the ingredients for a miracle, well, yes, one ingredient is you have to be in a bad situation because it's not a miracle if no, nothing miraculous happened, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, we got, you know, all of us have uh, qualified at some point or another for that part of it. Amen. And so, hey, we're getting there, people. The live stream audio is fixed tonight. So shout out to the internet people. They can actually hear tonight. Without hearing the rest of us, you know, do whatever it is that you, you know, we do out here. So, uh, gosh, where was I on that? Amen. So, praise God. So anyway, uh, one of the ingredients for needing a miracle is, yeah, you got to have some sort of a, a need that would require a miracle to take place to bail you out of this thing. But that's not enough to just have a great need. 
you got to get to the next level and hear the word and actually do something about it. And so uh, I heard Willie George say this, but it's the truth. If all you ever do is hear the Bible, you'll be deceived. And that sounds so sacrilegious. That sounds so offensive because when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, you are wrong. But then he, he finished the sentence. You have to actually do something about the word that you heard. Okay, and this this is really what we, where we start to see the separation of of Christians, those that do what they heard and those that just like hearing it. Right. And people may be in church like, man, I don't get anything out of this. I didn't get nothing out of that. Well, listen, you know why the people beside you got something out of it and you got nothing because they do something about it. You think God's just going to bless you with revelation and knowledge and woo, when you didn't even follow the last thing he told you to do. Ain't going to happen, Captain. Forget about it. All right. Uh, put, I don't know if I put this on the screen. At least write this down. And you got to know this already. But James 1.22. Who knows what James 1.22 says? But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. But be doers of the word and not hearers only or else you're deceiving yourselves. And quite frankly, there are a lot of deceived Christians wandering about because they don't actually do what the bible says and they think that they know a lot they think that they're super spiritual they think that they're super grown up and and all this stuff but they're not because they don't ever do the word all right and so it would not have done good old bart any good to have just had knowledge that jesus was walking by yes i i heard jesus is walking by i acknowledge that fact well, thank you. Even the devil and demons acknowledge that Jesus is real. So, I mean, if, you know, if that's the company you want to be. <laughs> but no, seriously, even the demons acknowledge that Jesus is real, but they're not getting anything. They're not saved. Listen, you got to take it to the next level and obey like Bartimaeus did. All right. I'm going to fit in another story here that we're going to come back to. Turn to Second Kings chapter 7. Second Kings chapter 7. Amen. And what we have here is uh, a very interesting story about four men with leprosy. So in 2 Kings 7, Israel, they were being naughty again and disobeying the Lord and wandering off and bowing down to idols and things of that nature. And uh, they, had, they had been under siege from the army of Aram. And so what happened is they surrounded the capital city Nobody could get in with any food or water or provisions, and nobody could get out to go get them. And so you can survive for a little bit on what you already had stored up, but eventually you're going to run out of stuff. And so Israel was in a desperate uh, situation. They, at this point, were experiencing a man-made famine uh, that, you know, it wasn't because the weather was all bad and all this is, I mean, that nobody could get supplies in or out. And so, uh, it was bad. In fact, I don't want to get gross, but the, one of the worst stories in the Bible, I think, is, is in this chapter. And women were actually eating their babies to survive. So I don't even like to, that's how bad this was. A disgusting, terrible story. But, uh, a very, very desperate. But there were four lepers in Israel that they're like, you know what? Let's do something about this. And nobody else was going to do anything. The arm, nobody. And so four lepers decided to actually do something about this situation. All right. So here we go. Second Kings 
chapter 7, verses 3 through 8. It says, now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So what are they saying? They're like, we're going to die if we stay here. We're going to die if we go over there. Let's just try something because we're dead anyway. All right. What? Literally, they had nothing to lose. And and that's a spot to be in. Have you ever been in a spot where literally like, I, <laughs> I got nothing to lose. You might as well do something. So verse 5. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. What? An entire army just vanished and disappeared? Why did this happen? Verse 6. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. But there wasn't really chariots and a great army approaching. It was four sick lepers coming along. The king of Israel, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us. They cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. Look at this. Why did this not happen sooner? Because nobody stepped up and took any action. They just sat there feeling sorry for themselves and thinking, oh, it's useless. We'll never get out of this. They were just going to sit there and die. Literally, they were dying. But four men, they weren't warriors, they weren't soldiers, they weren't the brightest guys around. They were just like, hey, we're going to die anyway, so let's just go out there and try something. And I love this. They took some action to the situation. Verse 8. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another. Get a picture of this, man. They're going through one tent after another, grabbing food, grabbing whatever. It says they were eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. They just grabbed everything, man. These guys the day before were starving to death, and now they're stuffing their faces with food, drinking, and they're just gold, silver clothing. I mean, they are plundering and raiding this place and it's hilarious and it's incredible. Can you picture this right here, man? These guys were, uh, what happened? They took some action and actually did something. Now they end up feeling like, you know what? Hey, we should go tell everybody else. This isn't fair. So they go back to the city and, and everybody gets to come in and eat and drink and feast and party and get all the goods. It was great. But how come nobody else did this? Why? And, 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 and some of our lives, we're just sitting here like, man, this stinks. Gosh, my life is so bad. Oh my gosh. You know, I don't know what, whatever noises you make in moments of frustration. Whatever, but do something, man. Don't sit there and complain. Actually do something about it. Well, what do I do? 
First of all, read the Bible and then do what that says to do. And if you're struggling there, talk to somebody. I'm not making fun. Talk to a seasoned Christian around here and we will point you to scripture that can there tell you what to do. But the answer, I promise you, is not sitting down and dying. That is not the answer. The answer is to get into the word and actually do something about your situation, all right? Number two, let's go. Number two, what did he do? He ignored the haters. He ignored the haters. Wouldn't you know it? He got excited and the haters showed up just like they always do, right? They love to come in and and rain on your parade. And so... He ignored them, though, and we find this in verse 48. We just read the story, but like I said, I'm going to keep going backwards and uh, referring uh, to what we looked at in the very beginning. So look at this. Verse 48, he's shouting to Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Look at this. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And... uh, There is so much in this verse right here that we could unwrap. But I just want to say a few things. Know this much. Passionate people always offend lukewarm and carnal Christians. Or maybe I'll just say religious people. Because he was surrounded by all these religious people that had read the Torah. They had memorized the commandments. They had, you know, they followed the law, all this stuff. And somebody gets excited about God and they're like, would you just shut up? And, hey, I've seen that a lot in my lifetime. Somebody comes into church, gets all excited about what Jesus is doing, and, and I mean, they're just on fire for God. And the people that have been here forever, you need to quiet down. You know, maybe not at this church, but lots of other churches, okay? We're pretty good about this. But, but, I mean, I'm telling you, I've been to churches where they don't want you to make any noise, and I have just always been a part of very loud churches. Amen. Yeah, it's just been my life. It has been my life. And so when I go into a quiet church, the struggle is real. I mean, I just want to say something. I want to, I want to say, amen. Hallelujah. Preach it. You know, I want to get into this thing. I love a good sermon and listen, I, I get excited just like you guys do. And you're so excited tonight. <laughs> amen. Amen. Praise God. So you couldn't, I mean, you know, you're, so, but, but, but listen, this made the religious crowd angry. And so I'll say this, usually the passionate ones are people who have had a true and genuine experience with Jesus. They've either been saved out of a terrible situation, or maybe they're like blind Bart and they need a miracle tonight. And they don't care what other people think. And I'll tell you this much. When you're desperate, you quit caring what everybody else thinks. If you're still in a spot where you just, you care more about what other people think about you than getting the attention of Jesus, you're not there yet. You're just not there yet. But when you get to a place where people are like, you know, you're taking this way too seriously. We're concerned about you. Ever since you've been down to that church, all you talk about is God. And blah, 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 blah. And we're concerned. And, and I'm like, <laughs> Well, you know, okay, but I'm, I'm only going to take it more serious now. Amen. And so when they're saying you need to be quiet, you got to shout a little bit louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Don't let people quiet you down just because they aren't as in love with Jesus as you are. Or maybe they aren't in the situation you're in. 
Only use that as fuel for your fire to make you want Jesus even more. Amen. And so that's what's going on right here. And it was not about to stop him from calling on the name of the Lord. And so here we are. A lot of people take action. Okay, fine. I'm going to get serious about this. But they back off when the haters show up. It's the truth. And so, you know, I've, again, I've been around this a long time, but you get to a point where someone, they get in to the things of God, they start taking it seriously. Maybe, you know, they start raising a hand a little bit, you know, and you know, there's some people, they can make it this high and that's fine. You know, Hey, you're taking a step of faith. All right. And so they get here and then they're like, wait, people are looking at me. It goes back down. Why? You felt a little heat, right? You felt somebody was looking at you. You're not I don't want to say desperate enough. I don't know. But if you still care more about what they think than getting a hold of Jesus, you're not there yet. Forget other people. They don't hold your miracle, so their opinion doesn't matter. The only opinion that I'm interested in is in the opinion of my Father God and my big brother Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen? I don't care about everybody else's opinion. I mean, seriously. And it's great. The older you get, I feel, just like the less and less you care about other people's opinions. Or, you know, and so it's just, it's wonderful. But, oh, I was thinking of this story a little bit ago. So, 2020, all right? Uh, and I've shared this, but we were looking at refinancing the church mortgage. Uh, you know, we still owed like 180000 or something on it. We wanted to refinance it down to a much lower rate. So we could pay it off within like 10 years or something. I don't know. And so we went to a, a Christian loan company and we were on track, man. They're like, wow, your numbers are great. This is going on. You're doing phenomenal. And so right before we closed the refinance, they're like, we get a phone call. And they're like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. And they, they were part of a certain denomination, which I love this denomination, but I will not name them right now <laughs> because it turned out really good. But they're like, we, we looked at your website and clearly under your statement of faith, it says that you believe it's God's will for all Christians to prosper and be healthy. Uh, you're, can you, can you explain that? I mean, wh- why, why would you say something like that? And we're like, well, we didn't say it. <laughs> Third John 2 said, the Bible says it. That's, well, we didn't make that up. Third John 2 literally says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And they're like, we're still willing to go forward if you will remove that from your statement of faith and slash that from your website. And have you ever watched Deal or No Deal? Where the people get, they like slam the thing down. Boom! No deal! That's what we did. Boom! No deal! Keep your money, man! There's no way we're backing down from what we believe for some money. I don't care if you're going to cut me a check for $180,000. Keep it. I refuse to back down from what we believe in and what has saved my life. The Bible literally saved my life, man. I was dying of cancer. It saved my life. We were broke. I lived in a garage and showered with a garden hose. Uh, TMI, TMI. (laughs) True story. Am I right? Front row? Yeah. And so listen, I don't do that anymore. I've got a nice house right? I am healthy and I love it. Well, why? Because I got a hold of the Bible. 
Amen? That verse specifically. And so there is not a chance in the world that I am going to recant or step back or even water down the Bible for money. You kidding me? Not a chance in the world. And so they said, you know what? We're going to have to move on. No deal. And we said, you know, God bless you. Fine. (laughs) But here's what happened. (laughs) Well, you know the story. Anyway, so someone just gives us a house, someone from Phoenix, Arizona. We sell the house and boom, we pay off the mortgage last October and didn't need a penny from the bank or anything. We cut them out and had money left over. Why? Because God is good. And when you don't back down from the word, even when people are like, you better take that back. No, when you don't back down, God gets the last laugh every single time. Amen? And so I am so happy that we refused to back down from the Bible right there. Mark 4, 17. I'm, I'm starting to take too long. I've got more ground to cover. Mark 4, 17, really quick. Mark 4, 17. Here's the story of uh, that Jesus told the parable of the sower sowing the word. All right? So Mark 4, verse 17. I'm going to read it in the King James And so he talks about all these different types of ground and soil that the farmer was throwing seed on. Some ground he threw the seed on was just a hard ground. And so it didn't sink in and the birds came and ate it. And and some was full of thorns and and some was full of weeds and and it choked the seed out before it could produce fruit. But Mark 4, 17, and I'll read this in the King James and this is one of the, the one ground that it fell on. And, and so this seed and have no root in themselves. So endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. All right. And so whenever persecution and affliction and things come at you, it's trying to choke the word out of you. It's trying to get you to, to step back from the word, to let go of the word. Right. And if you're going through something right now, listen, Satan would love for you to let go of the word. If the word's been planted in your heart, it's starting to go down. Roots are starting to, to, to spread out. And you're getting ready to see a breakthrough of something great in your life. But if you let the enemy or uh, affliction or persecution or, or people are making fun of you now. And, and, and so if you let that choke it out, you're never going to get it. All right. What happens? It says when the, when the affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are what they are offended. And, and so I'm telling you tonight that don't back down from your Bible based belief. If you got other beliefs that are Bible based, then, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. I don't know. But if you have Bible based beliefs, ignore the haters and do like blind bar and just say, you know what? Now I'm going to yell even louder. Take that, right? That's the attitude that gets a miracle. All right, let's move on to number three here. Number three, this can't be ignored. What, what did he do? He threw his past behind him. He threw his past behind him. And this is in verse 50. So we will refer back to that. Verse 50. Of Mark 10. And so Bartimaeus threw aside his coat after Jesus called him. He jumped up and came to Jesus. Now we read that and we're like, okay, that's cute. But what does this actually mean? Well, you got to realize that 
his coat wasn't just, you know, a Vans hoodie or something. This was actually a government-issued coat. And you weren't just, not just anybody could go out there and, and beg for alms and claim they were blind. I mean, he was certified blind, and he had a right to beg beside the road, and he had the coat to prove it with. He had the credentials. And so, as he throws this aside, this is a big statement and a big step of faith. He threw away his rights to begging. He threw away his only source of income before Jesus actually healed him. All Jesus said was, hey, come here. And he jumps up and he throws it aside. I'm not going to be needing this anymore. He was convinced that Jesus was going to fix this right here, right now. He was so convinced that he threw it aside. I will never need that again. Just get it off of me. Wow, what a step of faith that he took right here to, to lay it all out on the line right there. And, and, and by giving up his rights to beg, by giving up the only income and livelihood that he had ever known, you realize this man now, I don't know how old he was, let's say he's 30 or something, this is going to change his life in a big way. He's going to have to go learn some sort of a trade, right? He's got no... No workable skills. He's only sat there and yelled for money his whole life with a cup in his hand. He's gonna, this is gonna be more than just a miracle healing. This is gonna have to be an entire adjustment of life. He's gonna have to learn some things. He's gonna have to, ha- have to learn a skill or a trade. He's gonna have to go out and get a job and work for it. This is gonna change everything. But he's like, Rabbi, I just wanna see, man. I want it so bad. I want to see. I don't want to be like this anymore. And he got into this place of faith and trust where he wouldn't let anything stop him from receiving the miracle that Jesus had for him that night. And so there's a lot of people that they don't want to give up their current status, no matter how bad it is, because they've just accepted it and are comfortable with it. Well, we'll always be like this, you know, well, I... You know, what's the use of even, you know, even trying now? I mean, the, we were born into this family. We were born on this neighborhood. We were born in this town. And I don't even see why nobody, I, what's even the point? What a sad attitude, man. Bartimaeus didn't have that attitude. And that's why you're reading about him in the Bible right now. He didn't have that attitude, right? And so, note, have you noticed that all the people you read about in the Bible had some really bad things happen to them? Right? I mean, really bad situations. Daniel fed to lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a blazing, fiery furnace. I mean, just, uh, all sorts of things. Moses just floated down the river in a little basket. <laughs> bad things happened to these people. But they overcame the bad things. And that's why we read about them today. I'm not interested in reading about people that just had bad things happen, but never overcame it or survived it. I'm interested in reading about people that were dealt a bad hand, but didn't just accept that hand, but said, no, we're going to overcome this thing. We're going to break through this. And God's got better for me than this right here. Amen. And so that's why we're reading about blind Bartimaeus right now. And so he gave it all up to receive a miracle. And there was going to be responsibility required from him after the healing took place. And so you need to know that when you receive your miracle, there's responsibility that comes with receiving a miracle. Jesus even said, to whom much is given, much is required. 
man, I want a billion dollar miracle is what I want. <laughs> okay. So you do get that. You better understand there will be much responsibility. God's going to expect something out of you to do something responsible with that miracle. And so in my life, I know this much. Uh, it's very real to me. I, I don't remember all of it, you know, every detail, but I do remember plenty of it, of having leukemia and being in the children's hospital. And I know this much that any time in life that I've been tempted to stray <laughs> and go my own way, I've remembered like, you know what, Lord, I owe you. <laughs> I, I, I'm not dumb enough to think I could fully pay him back for what he's done. I know that. Even for salvation, especially salvation, the biggest thing, none of us, no, no, if I lived 10,000 lifetimes, I couldn't pay him back. I know that. But I just have this sense and this feeling inside of me that I, I know, Lord, we'll never, we'll never be square. We'll never, I'll never pay you back all the way but I, I'm not going to stop trying my absolute best. I have to give you my entire life. I have to. I've got no other choice. And I know so many of you are that way too. But, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I keep getting ahead of myself on this. But listen to me. Listen to me. When Jesus does a big miracle for you, handle it responsibly. Give him the credit. Anytime someone says, wow, we didn't think you'd make it through that. Hold on. No, 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 no. It's Jesus. We wouldn't have, but it was Jesus. He brought us through it. You've got to give him the credit, right? And then you have a duty to live for him. Right? If someone saved your life, right? So if someone pulled you out of a burning building, you know, from the 10th story or something and saved you and your children, wouldn't you feel some sort of at least slight obligation? Like, I owe you one. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 I owe you. What, what can I do? What can I do for you? And yet so many people receive a massive miracle for Jesus and they don't say, okay, what can I do for you now? They say, okay, next on my list is this. Here's what I need you to do for me next. Number four. And this is the best part of the whole story. He followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. He followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. And you may be thinking, yeah, big whoop, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> Believe me, he's in the minority. If I had a list of everybody I know that the Lord has done an absolute miracle for, and they didn't even just follow him after that. I, I would have a long list <laughs> is what I would have. But, and that's sad. And I don't say that in a happy way. It's just in a heartbreaking way that some of the things that we, you've, you're with me. Some of the things you've seen Jesus do for some people, they don't even have the decency to like show up to the house once a week, <laughs> once a month, once a year to even, to even every now and then just stop and say, thank you. Wow. That, I mean, that hurts my heart. That makes me feel bad. Why? Because when someone disrespects my dad, it hurts me. And, 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 and there's people that take advantage of my dad, my father, my, my brother Jesus, my family. They take advantage of their goodness and kindness and, 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 and don't even feel anything about, uh, you know, doing something 
to, to, to live for him or to, to, to thank him for what he's done. And, and when you really have a heart for Jesus, that just kind of rubs you the wrong way. And, and I don't, you know, ever, you know, want to think badly about other people. That's not how I want to live my life, but you just kind of notice like, wait a minute, aren't you the one that, that he has like gave you the biggest miracle of all time? Something to think about. It's verse 52. Look at that verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Whose faith? Bart's faith. You know, it was Jesus power. We know that much. It's always Jesus power. We don't have the power uh, of our own to do any of this. But because of Jesus power and Bart's faith, he received a miracle. Instantly, the man could see. And I, I'm so glad this story didn't end there. I am so glad there's a comma. And he followed Jesus down the road. I love that part of this story. He could have gotten his miracle and said, all right, yeah, woo, I can see. And take it off the entire other direction down the road. I got what I wanted. I'm good. That's not what he did. He's like, you know what? I'm following, I'm following this guy. How come when the guy that gives us the miracle does something, so many people, they don't say, I'm following this guy. They're like, okay, I got what I wanted. Now I'm going to go back to this guy over here. We go back to this. I'm going to go back to Egypt. Doesn't make any sense. There's one guy over a decade ago. He's a very inconsistent member, but he had been here for longer than I've been alive. He had a massive heart attack one day. And they rushed him into the hospital and went, dad and I went to pray for him and he promised God that you get me through the, you heal me. I will live for you. You've got everything from me. I will give you my life fully a hundred percent, man. I'll be the church every time the doors are open. And I just don't like it when people do that. Cause I haven't seen a time yet. Honest to God, honest to God. I haven't seen a time yet where somebody's in a desperate spot and they say, okay, if you do this for me, then I'll really serve you. And they actually keep their word. I haven't seen it. Maybe you have. I haven't. And I've seen a lot of people do that. And so, why? Because if you're only going to serve Jesus when he gives you what you want, that's not a good enough reason. You won't keep your commitment. You won't. And so, this guy received a miraculous healing from a, I mean, could, definitely could have killed the man. And so couple weeks coming to, you know, coming to church for a couple of weeks. Next thing you know, back into the same old rut and eventually just doesn't go to church at all. And do I say that to judge the man? No, no, I'm not judging his heart, but I am judging his actions because Jesus told me to do that. He said, you can judge a tree by its fruit. And that's just a sad thing to look at. And I, you know, I've seen the, the, the bad things have happened in this life. All right. And I look at that. And that just makes me sad. You know, it makes you sad that when Jesus would do such a thing for you and then you, you don't even follow him after that. He maybe restored your family. Oh, phew. all right, man, you do this for me. I swear I'll give you everything, man. I don't know if you if you if you're not willing to give it all to him beforehand. You're probably not. Let's, you're not going to do it afterwards. And so what should our heart be? In serving the Lord, Jesus, I will serve you. I will follow you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
Just the fact that you died on the cross for me 2,000 years ago, that's enough. You showed your love for me already. You don't, you, you don't owe me anything else. Now, thank God he'll give us more. Oh, he'll give us more. He will bless our health. He will bless our finances. He will bless our families. In fact, Colossians and Ephesians tell us he has poured out every spiritual blessing upon us. But I know this much. Jesus Christ doesn't owe me one single other thing. Not a thing. What love that he still pours it out on me every day of the week. Seven days a week. The love of God is poured out. I love it. And I receive it, but I'm not stupid enough to think like, oh, well, no, duh, he does it. He owes me one. He doesn't owe me a thing. He's more than done. (laughs) More, more than done. Anything that I could ever possibly deserve. And so Bartimaeus got that. And he's like, you know what? There's nothing back there for me anyway. I'm going to follow you. And so in these lessons from blind Bartimaeus... There's some things he did right here to receive the miracle that he got. And if you're in a spot where you need to receive from Jesus, you need something bad. Hey, these are some very practical steps. This is not a deep theological thing right here. These are just practical steps that anybody in this room could have pulled out of this story right here. Uh, But I encourage us to start living 100% for Jesus. And don't, don't, don't just wait to see if he'll give you what you want. You know, that's what I keep talking about growing up. That's what little kids do. Uh, maybe maybe not your kids, but my kids. Hey, uh, if I do this, will you buy me this? <laughs> How about you just go do it? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't owe you anything, man. Yeah, come on, parents. I don't owe you a thing. I owe you shelter. I owe you clothing. I owe you food. And you will have those every day of the week. And, you know, as long as I'm around, you got that. I got you on that. But I don't owe you <laughs> anything else. <laughs> but I give them, I give them these things. I bless my kids. Why? Cause I love them. I flat out, I love those kids. And yeah, I'll give them stuff just cause I love them so much. But don't be like a little kid when it comes to your relationship with God and say, okay, hey, I'll do this. I'll, I'll clean this up over here. If you'll give me this, that is not the attitude to have with God. Say, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, Whatever you want me to say, wherever you want me to go, I will do it. My life is yours. And I thank you for what you've already done. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we better just wind it down right there tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did anybody learn anything from good old blind Bart tonight? Amen. Now, I'm sure there's plenty more we could pull out of that story, but uh, that's all we got the time for tonight. All right. So let's go ahead. Stand up together this evening. Praise God. And to stand up together. Amen. Leo, you want to come on up tonight and Chuck, get my prayer team with me for a minute. If you're here and you need prayer for anything tonight, we'd love to be in agreement with you. We'd love to see the Lord work on your behalf and, and move in your life. So if you need prayer, come on up. And if not, we'll just have Pastor Josh lead us in a song here, but let's take a few minutes here to reflect on what we've learned tonight. Amen. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one. 
Sunday morning and Sunday night. I know that we can be like, hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. I've got barbecues to go to. I just, you know, hey, I've been to a lot of good barbecues. None of them have changed my life. But I've been in a lot of good church services where an anointed man of God brought the word forth and it lit up my world and changed my life forever. And so, you know, hey, I get it, you know, but I'm just saying, uh, are you on the spot where Bartimaeus was at and saying, you know what, I need Jesus. And I'll say, I'll do anything I can to get to Jesus. And, and I'm just throwing that out there and presenting that for your consideration this evening. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we will pray. And then we will dismiss everybody with the Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, this story about Bartimaeus, this is a real thing. This is a real man uh, that this really happened with. And Lord, I know that we can expect the same results. We can expect a miracle in our life if we will, first of all, have faith in you and trust you, Lord, but also if we'll take some of these steps that we saw Bartimaeus take, Lord. And so I pray that uh, we will have uh, hearts tonight that received the word and we'll be doers of the word and not hearers only because the last thing we want is to be a deceived Christian. I thank you, Lord, for the truth that we saw. Let us use it in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen tonight? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. Hallelujah. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you Sunday.